0: And now it's time for We Are Just Christians live from Savona Church in Port St. Lucie. Here are your hosts this week: Mike Smith,
1: Stuart Menser. Good morning, gentlemen. How you, How you doing, doing out there? Out there? We really, really appreciate you. everybody listening. Good morning. And mm-hmm. as you heard, uh, Gary is sick today. Well, you didn't hear that part. Gary Jones, is my usual partner, sick. So one of our other members here, Stuart Menser, he is with me. How you doing, Stuart? Good morning. We're really glad to have him on here. I don't know if Stuart's been on the radio before, probably has, but he's not been on this show before with me. And so you might get a completely different perspective. And the truth is, kind of things we talk about, just like me and Gary, we don't even know beforehand whether we agree about something (laughs) because the only standard we have hopefully to go by and we all learn is hopefully what the scriptures say and a clear and plain understanding of the scriptures. And uh, we have we've obviously drawn some conclusions from that but we're willing to learn and so that's why this is a live call-in show so that we can you we can participate together and we really do appreciate all of you folks joining in the show and on a moment I'm going to give you the numbers how you can reach us here on WPSL and some other ways and then you can join in the show together today now by saying that we're all still learning i don't mean to imply that the scripture is hazy, and we don't really know anything at all. It's one thing to say that we know everything. other thing to say we don't know anything, and that's the truth. So, yes, we have presuppositions about the scriptures that we've arrived at by study and by consideration over many years. We'll be glad to debate or talk about those with you. Uh, And you do, too. You have presuppositions about why you think what you do. We might even examine some of those. So this is a a show, though, where we invite your participation in the show. It makes it more interesting. And that's why there's usually two of us here, because it makes it interesting that the two of us can talk. And so the things that I forget, Stuart can help me out with or vice versa. And uh, we can have an interesting conversation. And the fact is, some of the subjects, like the one we're going to talk about this morning, there are a lot of different angles to it, and so we can put those together, come up with a full picture. But let me get, let me, enough of that. Let me give you the numbers. You can reach We Are Just Christians here live at 772 340 1590. 772 340 1590 is the number. You call us, uh, Ray right there at the station will uh, patch you right through to us here. We're at our church building over Skype, and so we'll, uh, We'll do that, and we'll, we'll patch you through, and we'll have a conversation. Um, we may ask you to clarify what you say so we make sure we understand. But we also ask you to be patient if we step on you. In other words, uh, we have a little bit of delay technically here, uh, and that's also, I think, a legal thing. There's a little bit of a delay on call-in shows. So we'll try not to step on you, and if we do, you can rest assured we're not doing that on purpose. We want to hear what you have to say. We're not going to cut you off. We're going to give you the last word if you call in. So don't be afraid of being treated rudely on the show. 772 340 1590. Now, Jerry's on the phone, but we're going to I may say a couple other things first, and we'll go to the telephones. Uh, you can also reach the show by email, which I have an email I want to talk about this morning if we have a time. Um, you can uh, reach us by email at 772. I mean, excuse me, that isn't right. You can reach us by email at JustChristians at att.net. JustChristians at att.net is the email. And you can reach us also by text message. Um, the, num- the number to reach us by text message, either during the show, and I'll try to respond if I can, or during the week, is 772 260 6120. 772 260 6120 is the number. So feel free to text, like I say, if I can. I can respond to you during the show or use what you tell me during the show as a comment. If not, we can do that <clears throat> some other time during the week. All right, we have two calls today already. Let's we'll see if we can do this and then I got some things I'd like to talk about at some point here, if we can get to them. First of all, Jerry is on the phone. How you doing, Jerry?
2: Uh, good morning, Mike, thank you for taking my call. Uh, good morning, Gary, if you're there. I was wondering about uh, Constantine the Third. Uh, uh the edict that uh, he put out if that's a proper word that Mary Magdalene did not uh uh uh, uh Christ child. In other words uh, uh he uh, I don't know what crime period they're talking about or if it was Constantine the third, but I think it was. And it was Constantinople the, the uh the center of uh, civil of the civil art world uh, so my question is about uh, you, your feeling, as far as and possibly uh, having a Christ child, and I hope you understood me. I'd like to listen off. Oh, Mike. Okay. okay. I
1: appreciate that. Now I have to tell you, I'm not certainly not an expert on Constantine the He he lived in the early 600s, apparently. Yeah, from you know born about 612, it says, and died in 641, and so forth. Now, here's the thing about Constantine and Mary Magdalene. Number one, Mary Magdalene, of course, lived in the first century. It's just interesting to me, Stuart, how much people have talked about Mary Magdalene when we don't really have very much scriptural information about Mary Magdalene.
0: No, I did a little historical review of her. Did you? Yes. All right, well,
1: hang on just one second. We'll go to that. But let me make this general comment just so people understand the answers I'm going to give Jerry here about this. Stuart and I – I'm going to speak for Stuart. He can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't put too much stock in what the, what happened after the New Testament period as far as
0: sure. what I'm
1: going to teach as a sure. doctrine in this church or sure. what I'm going to teach people. Sure. Is there stuff to be learned from history? Can we learn lessons? Can we – Yes. But as far as what uh, uh, an emperor or somebody said 600 years after Christ, I'm not going to teach you and teach members of this church that that's something we need to follow. We're going to follow the New Testament. So the answers that we give on this show about being just Christians are going to be based on what I can read to you from the scriptures and read from the scriptures with. And I think Stuart agrees with that, and I hope that you agree with that. So anything else that I'm going to tell you? Uh, would be just something that is interesting to people that scholars have talked about. Sometimes you can get something that's interesting or edifying. But as far as Mary Magdalene, there's always been this, uh, especially in modern times, this attempt to make Mary Magdalene that's either right. some, either Jesus' wife or some kind of a prostitute or all over the board. The poor woman is all over the board. By the way, I've been to Mary Magdalene's hometown Magd- Magdala, yeah, on, on the Magdala, sure, and, and, yeah. uh, it's an interesting place. It, it looked like a little bit of a run-down town, like yeah. it probably was in New Testament times. Well, it certainly wasn't the center of Palestine. Yeah. Anyway, what did you find out about Mary Magdalene? Well,
0: church history tries to teach us that uh, she was a prostitute from Magdala, and I did some historical background review on Magdala itself. It was not noted as a uh, place for prostitutes and ill wills towards uh, humans it basically was a fishing uh, village yes,
1: That's exactly uh, what I saw when I was
0: so there. for us to contend after her conversion that her past is more important than after uh, her conversion that she uh, stepped into the Christian world at that time and we do this with many people uh, remembering their past and what they've done and all that and everything but It's uh, not unusual for me to think that the world would claim that she's something that she was not. After her conversion, she was not the same person, even if we believe and teach that she was a prostitute of the past uh, or her background from the city of Magdala. But there were a number of things through that city historically that would prove that she was not a, a prostitute or a woman of the night. And it bothers me when people want to take the negative part of that and make her Christ's wife or they had children or all this other stuff that is not scriptural.
1: Those are just attempts to make Christ something he's not.
0: Oh, absolutely. And,
1: and to justify our human weakness yeah. and behavior. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a theory that uh, she was, in fact, an apostle as well as the wife of Jesus, too. A more modern theory so actually we're all over the board with mary Magdalene. Sure. now you know the thing about it is and this really strangely enough this topic goes to the subject i want to talk about when i didn't know if we were going to have calls or not okay that's okay what what churches do with people who visit or who are here who are openly sin, sinning how should how should we react to that we'll come back to that but the truth is um we we The fact that someone is a prostitute or was a prostitute or a drug dealer or or as far as Christ, as far as Christians are concerned, really doesn't matter that much itself. Uh, I I know that I have dealt with people and accepted them as sisters in Christ who have had terrible past sexual histories and done many things from abortion on up. That they now reject because they have become a Christian, and, and yet sometimes and sometimes you deal with people that are still struggling with some of those problems and, and proclivities and whatever it may be. So to say that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute doesn't mean that the church should accept all prostitutes and let them con- and they should continue in that activity. Oh, sure, not in their not in But that's what people are wanting to do with this. Sure, and that what sure. the real the beautiful story is. That there there mm. were, and it doesn't say Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, there are a couple mm. of other places in the New Testament where Jesus had, or they still say, a sinful woman in the Pharisee's house, where sure. it, the Pharisee said, you know, if this, this woman is wiping her, his feet with her hair and her tears, Amen. she's crying because she, Jesus had forgiven her, and <laughs> forgiven means she implies that she is... Repentant of what she's done. Well,
0: but the New and, Testament concentrates on her life after that.
1: Yes, and we and, don't. But we don't know that that's Mary Magdalene, number one.
0: Well, that's true.
1: That we don't. Well, that's an assumption that's sure. made. We don't know that. There's
0: three or four Marys, yes. Right. and we need to and, divide. And and, sure. and
1: then one of them may have had seven demons that are cast out of her. Could have been. And so forth. Could have been. But the fact is, Jesus accepted this woman because of her change of life, Absolutely. not just because she was. A sinner, and we should all accept every sinner that walks in as if there's nothing wrong. You know, I don't do my children any favors when they're involved in something that's dangerous or destructive to them just by uh, ignoring it and accepting them as they are. I don't love my children when I do that. I love my children when I would say, you know, what you're doing is destructive to you and dangerous to other people. Sure. You need to change. Now, that's love. But that is a difficult kind of love, Stuart. Problem. So we don't. I can't, I can tell you, you know, you can go to Wikipedia, other place, and you can read lots of people's theories about Mary Magdalene.
0: But you're taking, but we're taking, sometimes we take man's history. They
1: that that came about hundreds of years after oh, yeah, the sure, fact. Sure. And, and for example, uh, and we've talked about this, it's like the modern mm-hmm. theory of Judas. The Bible paints a very clear picture that Judas was a thief and a wicked man, sure. and when he killed himself, he went to the place where he deserved to go. That's what the Bible says about him. But what we've done with it in the last 10 or 12 years is make Judas kind of a psychological antihero who was uh, had seen Jesus' great power and was such a strong believer in Jesus' power that he thought, well, I can make some money on this. I'm going to turn him over to the Pharisees They'll give me money, which I can use to put in the treasury no, to, to, feed, sure. to feed the poor, sure. and then they won't be able to take him because he's done all these miracles. And so they paint Jesus, Judas as this uh, a do-gooder with yeah. a, you know who just believed in Jesus too sure. much. Okay, interesting theory. And so yeah. he turned Jesus in, thinking that Jesus would be too powerful, and they wouldn't be able to take him, and he could just make a little extra cash on it. Now, besides the... Uh, Uh, Greediness of that plot The trouble with it is Is that the Bible doesn't say Anything like that about Judas
0: It's all secular history You and I
1: need to form our opinion of Judas Based on what the Bible says of Judas Uh, We want to have this opinion For example that Lot Who moved from the plains And Abraham gave him the choice To do it and he moved from the plains Ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah We want to make Lot a bad guy The only trouble with that is lot preachers do this and i've done it in the past preachers do this and i'm i'm sorry i did that because the bible says calls him righteous lot sure so i'm gonna have to at least the, most, the guy had to have the most fundamental him. <laughs> opinion i gotta have of lot is he was a righteous man yep he had to have okay? something going for him i gotta have that opinion of him i can't just be and, and the reason we want to make lot this tragic hero tragic person is because it Makes us feel better.
0: Absolutely. The reason we want Mary Magdalene to be a practicing
1: prostitute who didn't really change is because it makes us feel better.
0: But isn't it Satan's job (laughs) for us to see these people that are in the New Testament or in the Bible other than the way God wants to portray them? The world wants to tell us that they want to take away our hope, they want to take away any opportunity we have of changing our lives and having a better opportunity to present ourselves before our God. And I just would not accept the fact that she was a prostitute. Now Maybe I'm wrong about that.
1: But well, she had to have
0: Well, that. but secular history tells you that I have to ask this question. Who was an accuser of being a prostitute? And how did they know she was a prostitute? Yeah. If they weren't customers, if that's if that's yeah. the proper term to use. That's right. Somebody came up with that information and verified it some way or another. Uh, so I. I just don't accept what the world says and what history presents uh, our God to be, and those that we uh, understand had a changed life.
1: That that's the problem is we're not just willing to accept. Well, in the that I'm stumbling all over myself here. It's a good thing I don't I don't talk for a living, Stuart. But uh, we we won't accept what the Bible says about something. And we have our motivations for it. Oh, and sure. They're not generally good when it would be just very, very simple for us to simply accept what the Bible says and go on about our business and then bring our life into conformity to what the scriptures say. But it's very difficult to prove when you have all of these different. Um, you have all these. Different, histor- different Mary's in the Bible, for example. Sure. And then you have all these sinful women in these stories. Now, you can compare the stories, and I don't think I want to do that this morning. You can compare the stories, and you can see that probably this case of a sinful woman and this case is the same, same incident in two different Gospels.
0: Well, it was not two, uncommon. These yeah. two
1: are different. Mary's the most one of the most common names. I was going to say it was life. not
0: uncommon in it's those a days. It's sure. Miriam,
1: and it was a very common name. Which, sure. there's like seven Marys in the New Testament. Uh, it
0: comes from Miriam.
1: Miriam, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what I said, but that yeah. Moses' sister. It's a, sure. it's a, it's a, it's a derivation of that word, and so for us to make hard and fast assumptions about that is simply and then wrong, and then to go and say, well, she was Jesus' wife. Now that is a Huge leap sure it is. between those two sure things. It is. And it's simply probably ignoring. And
0: non complementary. The, the things that are said about her and her connection with Christ are all non complementary. Just, they just don't give her the benefit of the doubt. Of,
1: well, that's what I started to say is that one reason I believe the Bible accounts of things is because it paints people as they are, it, it has a picture of mankind in general that fits man. He is a noble creature with tremendous potential and goodness, but he's also corrupted and self-centered and rebellious. So that's like people are. And it paints the individual people. Even Abraham is shown to have some very poor moments and do things that are against God's will. Oh, David, one of the greatest men that ever lived that was a man after God's own heart, was a murderer and adulterer. So you don't have a made-up story that looks like that. Uh, And I know you didn't have one. Back in that day and time sure that made up the great heroes of this of this nation as that kind of people and so it tells me that we're talking about real things here and which of us is has some place we can't that somebody couldn't point to in our life and say yeah that is a problem or a weakness and we all have that it doesn't mean that we're God casts us aside. But we shouldn't try to pretend that it's not there. Now, we also have to do what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Here, where Paul the Apostle, for example, received kind of two different reactions wherever he went, some people thought he was just the cat's meow. Is that a too old-fashioned phrase?: <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, because I know what you meant. because uh, yeah. Yeah, you understood me.' It, yeah. be really old-fashioned. It's old, you know? old stuff. Yeah, but you know they thought he, they, they, they elevated him and some of the other people, like Apollos, above what they should have, sure. which is a tendency for people to do with people like myself, who are preachers and so forth. They get elevated beyond the status that they should have. Yeah. And, and I'm always warning the brethren here about doing that with me. Uh, as far as being uh, the preacher, one of the elders, and the one that's up front so much. It's easy for people to get caught up in that, and it's easy for people on the other end, like myself, to get sure. caught up in sure. having all this people, all these people say nice things about you. There's a warning there. But uh, the other thing that happened to Paul is people thought less of him than they should. By far, they thought less of him. Sure. I think that's related. <clears throat> one reason people build, I'll, I'll use this word,
0: Walls, world walls.
1: Well, they build up walls my, my my son-in-law This is the greatest guy in the world When we first met, he was not a religious He uh, hadn't gone to church He wasn't a religious person And he told me after we met And just come over to the house with my daughter visiting He said it was like when I found out you were a preacher It's like this invisible glass wall sure. Between us Sure. Because I didn't know how to act I didn't know
0: Well, there's so many people today that claim Christianity As their pattern of life and they're so far from it that almost Christian, true Christians a lot today of, don't even this, want to tell you that they're
1: Christian. No, and a lot of this, uh, uh, lot of these so-called pastors are the ones that are causing the oh, problem yeah. by the way they act oh, and yeah. behave. And they they let you kiss their ring. They want when, you to kiss their ring. Sure. And they're always and they may be judgmental. But anyway, he he found out that that wasn't the way it was, and so uh, the hopefully the wall is uh, down. But they says about Paul in First Corinthians four. Paul says, and these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up one against the other. So he says here, you should evaluate people based on what's written. But well, what's written about preachers or ministers? That they're just servants of Christ. They ought to be respected for their work but not treated as if they are a god or some kind of special holy person. The same thing is true of others. Well, anyway, we need to move on from this. So, Jerry, let me summarize. I don't think I can uh, tell you much about Constantine as far as the Bible is concerned. I know I can't. And I can't tell you much about Mary Magdalene, especially being his wife, because the Bible simply doesn't say it. Well, I sh- can say this. Jesus did not have a wife, according to the Bible. No, He was never married. He, he never nope. chose a wife. It's completely off the charts. Jesus wasn't a homosexual lover of nope. of John the nope. Apostle or anything like that that you're hearing in modern times, according to the Bible. You have to choose what you're going to believe. The the uh, musings and the uh, human uh, where people are trying to muse Jesus to further their agenda, or whether you're going to read what the scriptures say about him. And and I know that Jerry will do that so i appreciate your call jerry we're gonna move on to ken ken are you there
2: yeah mike and welcome
0: to the show Stuart.
1: he said welcome to yeah thank you sir my pleasure what's on Um, your mind today ken
2: yeah i want to talk to you what i texted you about the other day yes
1: i was gonna say you just texted me a day or so ago go ahead i'll let you explain it
2: yeah um yeah, okay. Uh, so I want to Be talk sure about just
1: a little bit. Yeah. Hey, hang on one second. Yeah, Ken, I'm
0: you're not quite I'm coming not sure, in for me. I'm hang on just a second. Little
1: bit for,
0: for... There you go. All right. Go ahead. Okay, Rosh
2: Hashanah, which is which is September twenty-fifth through the twenty-seventh, and I'll explain that in a minute. Or the Feast of Trumpets, which is what it really is, the Feast of Trumpets. So um let me first talk about the word feast in Hebrew. It's Beast, moad, okay. and it means appointed time for, or to set an appointment. And the root word for moad means to repeat. So that's repeat. why they celebrate these over and over again.
1: Oh, so it's a repeated appointment, more or less.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, it's not a fancy dinner where they have, you know, I mean, they do, they do eat, but that's, that's not what it's all about.
1: So when we think of feast, feast. the word the Bible uses feast. in English, we think of a big meal and a sure. celebration. Sure. You're saying that's not the meaning of the word in Hebrew.
2: Yeah, they're holy, okay. holy uh, uh, things to God. He and calls it a holy God.
1: convocation, some of these.
2: Okay, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Rosh means head, means year. that means literally head of the year, or that's why they call it the Jewish New Year. It is not one of the feasts of the Lord. It was first celebrated in Babylon during the captivity. Okay? But it does fall on the same day as the Feast of Trumpets. Which is a Feast of the Lord. No. Yes, which is a Feast of the Lord. Um, now, the Feast of Trumpets is the first day of the new moon. Yeah. That's why it's two days, because it's so hard to determine when the new moon starts, that they sure. have to allow two days for you to figure it out.
1: By the way, I wanted to make sure we people are get get this because I think from talking to you before, Ken, and I think you're correct about this. You're distinguishing between the feasts of the Lord, which is Leviticus 23, and the, he ca- he says these are the feasts of the Lord. Sure. Between that and the feast of the Jews, that's, which, is, which is a feast that the Jews kept as far as their culture and their their heritage, or whatever. Like uh, Purim and, and things like that, is that that's the basic distinction you're making when you say a feast of the Lord, aren't you? Is that right, Ken?
0: Well, yeah. There's
2: only seven feasts of the Lord.
1: Right. They're listed in, in
0: Leviticus. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. A feast of the Lord. Well, we we do that as humans because whenever we read these things, there are different time periods that are registered and recorded. Uh, that particular recording would be of the Israelite time period in section uh, many times we get into the New Testament. We get into these times that mix with the Romans, uh, the setting of the guards uh, during the day and that kind of thing. So whenever we uh, look at these things, we need to to determine and understand the time period in which it's being used and which it's trying to make an example of. All
1: right, where are you going with this, Ken? What's your, what are you what's uh, where are you trying to um,
2: All right. So the Feast of Trumpets is not mentioned very much in the Old Testament. Yes. Very little. I'll give you some scriptures if you want them. Um,
1: Well, sure. Go ahead. Give people scriptures.
2: on it. 24 to 25. Did you Uh, say Exodus 23? Yeah, Leviticus 23.
1: Yeah, okay. I thought it was Leviticus
2: All right. Uh, numbers 29, 2 through 5, and Nehemiah 8, 2 through 6. And you know these are about the Feast of Trumpets because it says the first day of the seventh month.
1: Sure. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. So here's some of the strange things going on here. This is called the Jewish New Year, but it's in the seventh month. <laughs> so what's going on here? Well, okay. So, we celebrate our New Year in January 1st, right? That's the regular New Year. But school doesn't start until September. That's the civil New Year. So, Rosh Hashanah is considered the civil New Year, but it's not the biblical New Year. The biblical New Year is Passover. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, and th- this, is a, this has ah, been oh, over the years Very confusing to people
0: But, the, but the, the Israelite calendar Revolved more around, like you said The cycles of the moon and the harvest So their seventh month right. isn't the same as our seventh month today
2: Yeah, and it makes things very confusing sometimes
0: Well, it's because we want it to be as easy as we possibly can and easiest for us to understand. But that yearly cycle that they observed had to do with the first fruits and their uh, observance of the cycles of the moon and the months.
1: Now, I don't know, Ken, if you're going this direction, but uh, we've talked about this before. I think that all of these feasts are fulfilled in Christ. And. Uh have a have a fulfillment and a parallel in in the church as it were in in history and in Christ's work. Is that where you're going with this or do you try you're going to make another point?
2: Yeah, and there, the the feast is separated in the um spring and fall feast and sure. has already fulfilled three of the feasts. This is the next one in line, Feast of Trumpets. And that's why it's mentioned so much in the
0: Bible.
1: And you're saying it has not been, in your view, fulfilled yet in history. The no. meaning of
0: feast. No. Well, is the sounding of the last trump at Christ's return, is that gonna satisfy that?
2: Yes, that's talking about the feast of trumpets. Yes,
0: yeah. absolutely.
2: I give you some verse, and yeah. let me let me uh let me just say one more thing about before we go into the verses.
1: Oh,
2: okay, go ahead. Well, marriage customs, Jewish marriage customs. When uh, a couple gets married, the bridegroom goes to his father's house. and prepares a place for his bride in his father's house. Okay. He's father, Sounds familiar. Father, yeah. My father and I will come again to you. Very familiar verse. Okay. Uh, so when he returns. No one knows the day or the hour. Give a scripture for that. Um, and he returns, and when he returns, there's a trumpet sound and a shout. So, let's go to Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, and you'll see this right there. I've got it if you want me to read it.
1: Go ahead and read it, I'm turning over there.
2: Okay. okay. And then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But so go ye rather in to them and that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The same thing is true with the Feast of trumpets. You don't know the day or the hour. Sure. Because of the new moon.
1: We're not supposed to. (laughs) Because of the moon, right? And then you're going to apply this to the second coming of Christ. In your view. Right. Right. Well, I think this passage. Uh,
2: another verse. Hears...
1: Go ahead, Ken. Uh, I'm sorry. So I'll,
2: I gotta... All the. Uh, I'll, I'll just list some. I'll take. I don't want to take all your time. I'll list some other verses uh, interesting according to this. Matthew 24: 30 and 31. And there shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, and they shall gather together the elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other.
1: Now, let me ask you something.
2: Okay, I'm
1: sorry, I, inter, I interrupted you. Go ahead, and then I've got a question for you.
2: Okay, I'm just going to give you two other uh, words. Right, go ahead. Uh, and, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, Uh, Second Thessalonians two one through nine. There's others, but those are the main ones. Okay, you know, you have a question for me?
1: Yes. Now, in our culture and growing up, you know, reading these verses in just a plain old Christian church, and the people there didn't know much about Jewish customs. I've had to learn most of that on my own over the years. What little bit I know. Do you think that the people of the Jews of the New Testament would have understood this trumpet at the coming of the of the Son of Man? Do you think they would have understood that connection between that and the Feast of Trumpets? Because trumpets were used for a lot of different it's things.
2: About the feast, feast of
1: trumpets. They would have. Con- well, they would have. if It just doesn't. I'm saying I'm asking you, do you think they would have said, oh, yeah, he's talking about the pe- Feast of trumpets here. Or do you think that's something that we have to look at more carefully? It wouldn't have been obvious to them either. They would have to think about it, that this is really a, oh, no. a fulfillment. I think Jews would have recognized it. They would have recognized it.
0: Well, but you have to realize, Ken, that, that that whole system, the educational system, was controlled, and not everyone knew how to read and write, and not everyone understood those things. And when we talk about Jews of the New Testament, there are several different uh I don't know categories uh, we had the Jews like Peter that was a fisherman that uh, that were by genetic they were Jews in that regard. Uh, we had some that were uh semi uh, learned the women were taught at home but the but take Paul for example uh he was an extraordinary individual that they had spent a lot of time and money educating him and moving him up the political ladder and the structure of the society of the time. I'm not so sure when Christ spoke about particular things that everybody understood what he was talking about. I, I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just not.
1: No, and I, I don't think you can do that here. But I think, I just don't think we would connect trumpets with the Feast of Trumpets. They might. Oh, we won't. But, but yeah. they didn't, you know, it's like when Jesus says, um, the, uses the phrase, I am. Sure, you know, they understood that more clearly to be a reference to the name of Jehovah, whereas in English, we wouldn't understand that at all unless we had studied the whole thing. Uh, I, I guess, and then when you get that, for them to say, the, probably what most of them said, or many of them said was, this man's trying to connect up his, his coming back with the, with the feast of trumpets, and they would reject it. They would have viewed it as a blasphemy type of thing. Sure. Perhaps. Some of them would have believed it. I don't know.
0: All right. Ken, are you of a mind that the disciples knew exactly everything that Christ was talking about, what he said, and that they were on top and understood exactly what was going on? Uh, I'm sorry. That's just not true. No, I don't.
2: I don't think. Well, they wrote this. The disciples, you know, they wrote this. What well, eventually they, and they, they found did out right. about this. When, they, when, when Jesus rose from the dead, and he was revealing, revealing the scriptures to them. That's when they first dawned on them all. At, everything.
1: Right. That was after the fact of when he had said it before. They didn't, often didn't understand what he was saying, per se.
0: Yeah. Paul, they, did,
1: they were yeah. confused about it. Yeah.
0: Paul is probably the only uh, highly educated individual that we encounter in the New Testament. And what a choice. What an individual and a man that knew the, I believe, knew the uh, Old Testament with a photographic memory, could recite it. Uh, He didn't carry a set of the scriptures with him. He constantly reminded his genetic brethren of the things that the Old Testament said. And I think that was the purpose of the reminders, is because not that they had never heard it, but that the Messiah had come.
1: It's also a matter of there's yeah. plenty of education. Jesus has
0: people. educated Pharisees.
1: Yeah, he educated the Pharisees. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. He reminded What have you not read? Yeah. Him? See, reading something and truly understanding it are two different things. Yeah. And reading it and believing what it says are two different things. And so that's that's the problem that we have today. There are plenty of people that walk around with their collars turned backwards, you know, clergymen that. Don't know the simplest things about what the Bible says, and, and some would say, "Yeah, that's you, Mike," and it could be. But I'm, the point I'm making is still a true. It's still true. So it's, but it's right there in front of us, and we can only pray that we can have the wisdom to see the connection. And and I have to say that there is a dearth of there's a dearth of knowledge in general about the connection between these things in the old testament and the new i made a comment on a forum the other day somebody was talking question was asked in a forum i've on some different preachers about applying the old testament scriptures how, how they you know does this apply or does that apply i don't know what you think ken or Stuart, but my comment was all the scriptures apply to us oh yeah the sure. question is how do they apply? How they them?
0: intertwine, sure. Not,
1: not whether some is just simply not any of any value. It's true. And so understanding this, uh, these Jewish customs and how they are spoken of by the prophets and by the apostle Jesus here even is is a. Or, and how how those when we read about the feasts and people start off reading in January, you're gonna read the Bible through. Yeah. And they usually make it into the law of moses being given maybe to exodus 20 if they're lucky maybe and he starts giving all of that part of the law and their eyes glaze over and they go on and they forget about it because but the fact is and and i'm one of those people that don't know this like i should but everything in that law of moses had a application to the christ in some way do we understand it no and it was conditional and, yes. yes, and you, we can learn something from some of these people who have more. I like, for example, I don't know if Ken even knows that Alfred Edersheim, an author, an English author from the 1800s, got two books, Yeah. Yes, because he understood the Jewish customs and well, he was, was converted he,
0: His dad was a rabbi. He was converted right. Jew.
1: So he understood and made connections I, could, I have never seen before, nor have I seen other writers make the connections, yeah. and I think they're correct. Ken, what do you think about that, that whole line of reasoning right there? Yeah, I agree with it. What, what, uh, what, what application should Christians make then when they hear on the news or read somewhere that we're coming up on the Feast of Trumpets and the Jews are celebrating the Feast of, of the New Year? Uh, what should we, in your opinion, think about that? That this is a fort. That this is really just prophetically reminding us of the second coming of the bridegroom, or the coming of the bridegroom. Yes, right. Messiah. Yeah, Messiah. Yes. I think Ken has made this point before, Stuart. Here, if I'm, not, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, that in in our English wedding customs, sure, we emphasize the bride, but in the Bible. It's the bridegroom that is emphasized. That's and right. the bride is the companion of the bridegroom. Sure. And, of course, the parallel is Christ is the bridegroom. And we as Christians, the church, is the bride that must be ready for the bridegroom to return. Sure. And, be, be ready. And yes, yes, and here are the these virgins who are part of the, bri- the party of the bride. And since they're invo- invited to this wedding feast, some of them took the time to... Check their lamps make sure they had the oil that they needed others did not take time and so some will be prepared for the coming of the bridegroom and some will be unprepared for his coming and uh, The consequence of being unprepared By not really taking the bridegroom's coming seriously is that they were left outside Yeah, they can, were left out can I wanted
0: to make a comment about the middle of september through the middle of october There are scholars today <laughs> who contend that not December the 25th was Christ's birthday when he was born, but he was born in that yearly cycle that was prescribed, that the trumpet would
1: sound and the high priest would be honored. That's exactly what he texted me a couple days ago. Uh, Is that right, Ken? uh,
2: Okay, I didn't hear all of that.
1: Uh, He was was saying that just like people have uh, missed this holiday, there are christians who think that christ was born on december 25th when many scholars now think he was born during this cycle of the yeah. new year is it trish yes.
0: is the month of september middle of september through the middle of october yeah Yes. That's right. and I yeah i
2: can actually
0: prove that
2: for you if you want i don't want okay. to do it now but we well, to- don't have to prove, <laughs> you don't
0: have proof desk can we'll listen but
1: <laughs> here's what uh Here's uh, what he re- Um, hello? I'm yeah. there. Go ahead. Are you there, Ken? I think we might. I hope we didn't lose him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got okay. one more thing to say uh, concerning what we're talking about here. All right. And I also touched to this. It's Daniel seven twenty five.
1: Daniel seven twenty five. Oh yeah, you uh, you're just going to jump right in the deep water. You're going to go to the deep end of the pool now. <laughs>
2: no, I'm
0: only yeah. going to take one phrase out of it. All right. I'm talking about
2: somebody who wants to change the seasons
0: and the times. oh yeah, sure, and they're the same. <laughs> I, I get the point you're making now.
1: Yeah, it says about this one who's gonna who speaks. See Hebrews 7:25, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, and shall persecute the saints of the Most High. He shall intend to change the times and the law and he, the saint shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. What's that?
2: That's specifically talking about the feast. That's why we're celebrating Rosh Hashanah as the as first of the New Year, Jewish New Year, instead of the coming of Jesus.
1: Because he's changed, he changed the times?
2: Yeah. Just like he changed when he was born.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. was probably and not they, the, and, and the year zero, yeah. Who is this he that you're talking about? It's the Antichrist, the deceiver. Uh, the, de, uh, the, the deceiver. Now, if you were, uh, well, of course, now there are a lot of. If you, from the 1500s on, it was the popular opinion of Protestants that the, that the Antichrist or the deceiver here was the Pope.
0: Was yeah, who that made, who made was all taught these, for years. Who yes, who made all
1: of these changes to? um holidays and whatnot, and so on. I'm not 100% sure of that. It fits a lot of ways. I, I personally, I don't know what okay. you Ken thinks. think, I personally don't think the Antichrist is some future thing to us. He's not a person. But now, the question is, it doesn't. of course, it doesn't say in this case that this is the Antichrist. This is just one who's lifted up and opposes God. It could be some religious figure. Yeah. But it isn't an accident. It could also
2: we could also say it's the spirit of Antichrist, and it's not... Exactly. Well, the Bible
1: says that there, the Antichrist existed and was, in, was in working in New Testament times. Sure. And there are many Antichrists, John says, gone out into sure. the world. And their spirit was, their spirit of them was that Jesus had not come in the flesh. In other words, they were denying the most fundamental things about Christ. But I will – and what we can't – I don't think it's fair necessarily to connect him up with every, per, every prophecy we have of some figure or even some group opposing the truth. But it isn't an accident that we today think Christmas is the greatest holiday and Easter when neither one of those holidays, as it were, are even mentioned in the New Testament. I know we can say, well, Easter is well, – no, Easter is not. Because Easter is a holiday based on a Roman pagan holiday, sure. and the customs around that are, sure. and and uh, and the Bible connects Easter connects. Let me put it this way: the Bible connects the resurrection with the Passover sure. time, and, and that's the a, feast a, of unleavened it's, bread, it's, not right a, a pagan holiday sure. that is made up, and we have simply no idea of the birth month of Jesus Christ. We can speculate about it, and personally, I think that he probably was uh, born around September or something like that during this time period that we're talking about, not in December. And there's some reasons why I think that, but uh, I don't know what Ken thinks. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I, I can I can show you from the Bible. It has to do with uh,
1: um,
2: Elizabeth and um, – Yeah,
1: yeah. The six months between Jesus and Elizabeth, sure, and, and when that when the course of is Elizabeth's husband was serving during the course of Abijah in the temple,
0: sure, perfect,
1: it's yeah. perfect time, yeah. And you have these, yeah. you can you can come up with a pretty good uh, time period there. Well, I say that's one hundred percent certain. No, but it's a lot better than just making it up based on some Roman holiday and and in, in hundreds of years after Christ. See, this is why I think
0: that Caiaphas knew exactly who Christ was—that one man should give his life for the for the life of the nation. He knew, he and, and, and I, I'm just convinced Maybe. of this. He knew when he was born. We're not commanded or directed to celebrate his birth. We're commanded to celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, the emphasis on December and Christmas has—and uh, I have. Family members that have said the same thing Well this thing is crazy it just got completely Out of hand it's nothing but uh, Monetary things and I said well that's because It's not when Christ's
1: birthday to start with uh, Ken texted me I'll remind Ken You, of his you, guys,
2: you, you guys realize What a uh, Jewish holiday Is in December
1: No I don't First fruits is No that's not first fruits Which Monica.
2: which
1: one is it Hanukkah Yes, sure. And Hanukkah is is a feast of the Jews, not a feast of the Lord, huh?
2: You you know what Hanukkah is? It's a delayed celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's delayed because they were busy fighting the Greeks during the Feast of Tabernacles, and they couldn't celebrate it, so they had to wait until December to celebrate
1: it. In the time between the Testaments is when that happened.
2: And if you think about it. When, when the angel came to Mary and said she was going to have a baby, that was in December. Nine months from then is, is September.
1: I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about right. that. Well, I think, there, I think there's several lines to go, and you can connect up the fact that he came. And it makes sense as far as the purpose of these holidays, as far as the new year and so forth. And it makes a perfect sense that that's the time period when you look at the who we know when the course of Abijah generally was kept serving in the temple. What are 26 courses of priests and so forth? Now, Ken texted me a couple of days ago uh, about this. I meant to bring this up, but he said Rosh Hashanah first was celebrated in the Babylonian captivity. Jesus' birth was celebrated on a pagan holiday in December, and the first fruits are celebrated on Easter. Now you consider Daniel, which is this changing of the times, sure, and ask yourself who's behind all this deception, all these things that are wrong. He says, "Yes, everyone in Israel knows about Rosh Hashanah, which is a which is a feast of the Jews, but the Feast of Trumpets, which is a feast of the Lord." Sure. Is only celebrated by Messianic Jews and maybe Orthodox Jews.
0: Yeah, Ken. So, the final the final uh, argument I make about Christmas is Jeremiah 10, 1 through ten, and it shocks people to to realize and understand that the Christmas tree is in the Bible, that is described. It is in it, it was an inherent custom of the time of the Babylonians. So anything it's like hearing some preacher on TV and accepting what he says. So anything that's connected with that, I totally reject
1: because that's not what it's all about. No, If you're going to keep a holiday about the birth of Christ, then you, I suppose as an individual, you have a right to do that. But you're certainly not going to be able to do it from the Bible and know what the Bible says to do about that kind of thing. It's going to always have to be your own customs, your own ideas about that. And so uh, that's the problem. I have an eye response to Ken's text that there, there uh, was this is like how many people know about the biblical Lord, uh, Lord's Supper versus how many know about Christmas. So everybody knows about Christmas, which is not in the Bible. No, that's true. But do they know about the Lord's Supper, which is in the Bible? And they don't no, Okay. Uh, no. they, they don't even know the true story of, of the resurrection oftentimes, even though they know about Easter. And it's a it's it's a shocking thing but pe- people know about the holidays that that they have made up they know about the customs that they have made makes up them feel makes them feel good not uh, yeah. humans that, not about the ones that are in the bible sure as such and so this show we is about that problem or that thing of pointing people back to what the text of the scripture says and so I, I I like these kind of discussions about the text of the Scripture, and uh, the, the only problem I have, Ken, with some of these things, and I think we've discussed other shows, is that I don't think that the ancient Jews are an authority on what is right either, or Jewish customs. They can, obviously the Bible talks about the Jewish customs, some of them it approves of, some of them it doesn't approve of, but I certainly think that those, all right, it's people that know the ancient Hebrew and the customs certainly have good can have good insight into what is happening in the New Testament. Sure. What's really going on? So I don't necessarily think that the ancient Jews were a, an authority on what is the right thing to do. I still have to go back to the text that he left the Jews. Yeah. Well,
0: some of some of the stuff, yes, is by tradition, custom that's been handed down.
1: Well, it's like a, it's like me talking about. How the Jews kept the Sabbath day. We can. I've got a whole papers on that, written by everyone yeah. about all their customs. Just had this but the,
0: discussion with Molder son but about that. The... But
1: the truth is, Jesus said it was all wrong what they Absolutely. did. Absolutely. He quoted the text The Bible is very simple about how to keep the Sabbath day. Sure. And God's yeah. law was very simple, but they made it extremely complex. So you can say, well, now the Jews said to do this or that or the other. Yeah. And the the final answer to that is my my scholarly answer is yes. Yeah, so what?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, that's the scholarly answer Because in the end That's what Jesus meant in the whole That whole first part of the Sermon on the Mount When he said, you've heard it said of old, but I say to you He was showing them how that Not that the Law of Moses was bad But that their keeping of the Law of Moses Was was ill-informed or shallow yeah. uh, I don't know, what do you think about that, Ken? Uh, yeah uh, Let me let me I know you're almost out of time. So let me, we, we probably are. Oh, thank you for reminding me within so, your talking. Yes.
2: Yeah, the verse uh, in the New Testament, we found the found baby lying in a manger. The word manger there is the Hebrew word suko, which is, means tabernacle.
1: Yeah, the tabernacle. That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: But, you know, today's Christian doesn't, doesn't dig and study it like we've talked about this morning. And I had a preacher on TV or on radio one time ask me what my opinion was. I said, It didn't matter what my opinion was, it's what the book says. Well, uh, that was the end
1: of the conversation, more or less. So, what were you going to say about this, uh, this, this tabernacle, the Sukkot?
2: Okay, so the, where they found the baby was the same sort of structure that the Israelites were told to build in the wilderness. Yeah. Tabernacles.
1: I it, it, it was uh, well. There's all different kind of tabernacles, but a lean-to, a shelter. Is that what you're saying?
2: hmm
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that would be something different. So the idea that he is in this building uh, with animals and all that uh, is probably well. Today's Christianity much overlooks much, the three the three that gifts idea. that were brought. Yeah. Not much. Of
0: that One good. was the wealth of the world, gold. The other was for his burial. Uh, frankincense and myrrh and the things that were brought and somehow we just totally miss all of that it's they're just words that fill in someplace
1: yeah that's right well it's certainly interesting to see these connections that's that meant that we don't often see and um, to, the the problem that you have in some sad way is that what the bible does say about these feasts and holidays and events it's much more meaningful and profound than the shallow things that we've done with it. We've made Christmas about a little baby and and I guess and that element is there of course, but that really isn't about little babies and animals breathing on the baby. It's it's a lot different event that was taking place and the symbolism is profound for Christians about this incarnation. Hmm. So well, I appreciate your texting me, Ken. I didn't have a chance to, to text back too much, and I thought, well, maybe we can talk about it on Sunday. I had it here pulled up to do it, and I didn't, we, hadn't, we hadn't gotten to it to talk about the text that you sent me uh, and so forth. By the way, um, it's a little, we only have about three minutes left today, but um, I would incur, I do appreciate everybody who texts and who calls the show or emails me. And uh, another time we've got an email I got this last week. We'll get to that another time. But for interesting stuff, and I'm very grateful for that. You want to finish up here, Ken? Before we close out the show? No, uh, I'll
2: just say goodbye. I'm sorry we didn't get to what you wanted to talk about. today.
1: That's okay. That's fine. That's I got fine. it here. And uh, I'm the rookie we, on the we, set this morning. So. Yeah, that's all right. And I appreciate Stuart sitting in and, and contributing to the show. It's, it's great. It helps me out a lot. Um, and I, I'm glad, uh, i glad... Thank you for calling, Kent, And we'll talk about what I want to talk about some other time. And the truth is, half the time I think the subjects I want to talk about, uh, I'm so weird nobody else. Well, wants the purpose to talk about
0: it of anyway. the call-in radio station is for others to yeah, ask others questions and, 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 call and get in, their answers. Not, not, not what well, you and
1: I. Not necessarily. That's yeah. right. So, but we have to come prepared to talk about something, and so we generally do, but we don't get to it, and that's okay. Now, uh, I do want to get to if you have sent an email into the show or a text uh and i haven't talked about it then you need you can you feel free to remind me about that because i'm not ignoring you i'm, I'm not going to unless things get really bad i'm not going to ignore emails or calls or texts just because i don't like the subject or because you might disagree with me uh, that's not the way the show is going to work all right we appreciate ken calling and thank you and i want to mention this to up to you if you would like to get this show and you can't get to an AM radio at WPSL on Sunday morning, you can get this through any of your Alexa devices. All you got to do is tell Alexa, you want to listen to WPSL 1590. Uh, You can go to the website. If you don't have your computer and click on the listen live button, and it'll take you right to the show as a while we're on. If you can't access the show and you can tell your friends all over the country or world about this, they, they can tune into the show, too, but and they can even call or interact with us during the show. But if you, could all, if you can't do it live, just go to our website, which is wearejustchristians.com. Wearejustchristians.com, and you can uh, access the, sh- the podcast recordings there, and you can even leave a comment there for us. We'd like to invite you to our meeting place at 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard, 10, 11, and... And 7:30 uh, on Wednesday night, we'd like to invite you to come and be with us. We'd love to have you. And so, thanks for tuning in. And so, until next week, uh, may God bless you.
0: You've been listening to We Are Just Christians live from Savona.